I'm not a famous pop star, but what I'm doing is something that I really love. And it's something that I've always wanted to do because music has always been an obsession for me. Welcome to the Peace Jam podcast from Georgia Public Broadcasting, where we'll introduce you to a sampling of the truly diverse and incredibly talented musicians who call the Peace State home. Each episode will profile a different artist and share songs and stories recorded live in our GPB studios in Midtown Atlanta. I'm your host, Jeremy Powell, and on this episode, you'll meet a harpist who works as a one-woman band to make her Irish-inspired Celtic electro-pop. Plus, at the end of the podcast, she will give us a walkthrough of how everything works. So my name is Ivy, and I'm from Smyrna, Georgia, and I play ethereal Celtic folk pop. That's not quite the music that you would expect to come out of Smyrna, Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> like there's the Brave Stadium and the cute little downtown and the what, John Quill City yep. and then and then Celtic folk pop. Yep. How does that happen? Honestly, I don't really know. <laughs> How does anything happen? But um, it's probably because I, I grew up playing traditional Irish music and Celtic music because my dad's Irish. Um, so he taught me Irish music as a kid and we had an Irish family band starting when I was nine years old. Me and my brothers and my dad put a band together and we toured all around the Southeast at all the Georgia Celtic festivals and all the states around the Southeast doing Irish music and traditional Irish music. So I've always wanted to put Irish Celtic music with pop and blues and jazz and rock. Um, so I kind of just mix a lot of that and electro. I do some electronic music as well. So it's just a fun combination of all those things. But you do it as a one-man band. I do, yep. <laughs> There's, all right, how many pieces of equipment uh, were you working with today? Today, uh, let's see, we had harp, we had guitar, we had synth, we had flute, um, we had drum pads, and vocals, so six. And then running through that loop guy. Yeah, right? the looper board, yep. It's a headrush looper board is what it's called. And you're doing all of that yourself? Mm-hmm. Just one person? Yeah. Making all that sound? Yep. How in the world do you learn how to do that? Um, just basically shut yourself in your house for about a year and already have previous knowledge of how to play instruments. And then um, I started doing the, the looper board stuff at the same time I was learning audio engineering and um, you know, music production and learning how to do producing really helped me with knowing how to put songs together um, while I was performing them. So, you know, having no, you don't have to have knowledge of how to produce music to use a looper pedal. I know a lot of musicians who are just good at music and they can just figure out how to do that. But um, definitely helps to know a little bit of how to produce music to to know how to kind of like the parts together and make it make sense so yeah just taking a lot of time and practice
surprising to you to hear that like what you're talking about sounds like 10 times more than what I expected? I've heard that from yeah. a lot of people. Yeah? yeah? People say that a lot. <laughs> because at first it's like, oh, the, she's got a harp. Yeah. And she plays with a loop pedal. Okay, but then you're talking about producing music and, and these digital workstations and all of this stuff. It's fascinating. I definitely, um, I'm a nerd and I love that kind of stuff. You know, I've always been interested in music production. Um, I started teaching myself garage band, like how to produce songs um, about seven or eight years ago. Um, I recorded my first EP, my first album in my bedroom studio back when I was living in South Carolina, um, just on garage band and I, it was really bad. It was not good. <laughs> it, was not, it was not well done. I will never let it see the light of day. Maybe one day, just for fun. I've just always been interested in how production works and how how do you get a song to go from you know the writing stages and the performing stages to recorded. Um, I've just always been fascinated with that stuff and then along with you know having the knowledge of playing instruments and singing and songwriting, um, having that knowledge and then also learning production it just makes it easier for me to kind of put my ideas on something and you know, luckily I have I have amazing people I work with. Uh, Derek Atwater, my husband, he's also a, a producer and audio engineer, and he's taught me a lot of what I know. You know, that's that's good. <laughs> the stuff that I was teaching myself wasn't amazing. So having a teacher that's actually a, a professional audio engineer has been hugely helpful in my production. Um, so yeah, it's just something I've always loved, and putting those things together has been something I've really enjoyed. And you're obviously very good at it because you have been recognized in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was last year and that was something I was not expecting to happen. I actually submitted one of my songs. It was actually the first song I had ever produced and mixed myself. Uh, it was a song called Good Enough that I put out, I think, two years ago. Um, and I put that song out just kind of like it's ironic because it's called Good Enough, and mm -hmm. I didn't think it was good enough. But it was the first song that got Spotify to put me on Spotify radio. And then, you know, my Spotify listeners started going up big time because of that song. And then people started listening to all my other songs because of that song. 
Um, and I submitted that song for kind of like this, it's called the Music Hustler Award, you know, just for independent artists. Um, it's, it's led by a, a woman named Christine Morel. And she does amazing things for independent artists and independent labels and musicians. So I submitted the song last year and I got a call a week before the award ceremony. And they're like, hey, we want to FaceTime you. And they called me like, you won. So they flew me out to Hollywood. I got to walk a red carpet for the first time. And I got to give an award speech in front of Tom Hanks and Weird Al and like, Hans Zimmer type people and I, it was surreal. I didn't think anything like that would ever happen in my life and only good things have come from it. Your sound is is probably the most unique thing we've had on Peace Jam. Wow, thanks. And it, it's one of those things that I don't imagine that you're going to be mistaken for the other Celtic electro-pop person <laughs> because I don't know if there is one, yeah. especially not one from Georgia. I can't imagine. Probably not, yeah. Do you have fans here or do you have to travel? Um, I would say most of my fan base is worldwide. I've got a, a good fan base, you know, in Europe. I've got a good fan base in South America. I've got a good fan base here in the States. I don't think I have a huge fan base in Atlanta, but when I do shows here, I usually get a good turnout. Um, and that's what I love about social media is, you know, once you put your music out on social media, you'd be so surprised, like, where people find it mm -hmm. and where they're from. And like, I actually have a really big fan base in Brazil. And it turns out there's a lot of people from Brazil that really like Celtic music. And I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if there's just like a Celtic thing going on down there, but it's really cool that I have a fan base in Brazil. Like I, if I wanted to go do shows down there, I totally could. Um, I just haven't done that yet.
Celtic music that you make, like you mentioned, your your dad is Irish. Mm -hmm. like, it's not a shtick for you. This yeah. is part of who you are and yes. you're raising. Yeah. And then it was it's been become a part of your recent marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, I was just telling you we we just got married in Ireland, um, and it was really special because we haven't seen our Irish family in a few years because. Um, you know, COVID restrictions, not not being able to travel there. They couldn't travel here for for sad things like funerals, and we couldn't travel there because of sad things like funerals. So when we got engaged, it took us a few years to decide where we were going to get married. And then I said, why don't we go do it in Ireland now that the restrictions are off? Um, we haven't seen family in a while, and I'd love for my husband to meet my Irish side of the family because he hadn't met a lot of them. Um, so it was just a really fun time and it was a time to like party and celebrate with, you know, the Irish and American side of the family. And his, uh, my, my husband Derek's family had never been to Ireland before. So we had a really good, it was just a big party. It was so much fun. Uh, I would say, of course, is my wedding. So I'm definitely, uh, you know, I'm particular or what do you say? Like, Are you biased about I'm it? I'm biased about it. Is it the most beautiful wedding was, ever that ever it happened? Perfect. It was a yeah. perfect wedding. We <laughs> we were very lucky. The weather, it rains every day we were there. It didn't rain the entire day. Mm -hmm. We got so lucky. has always been a part of my life so being able to get married there and have our reception with Irish dancers and Irish musicians was really special um, for everybody and because it's been such a big part of your life you're able to take something that um, is sometimes seen as old or you know traditional always carries that sound of old yeah and you're bringing it into the 21st century now and, and really making it modern and new and palatable for a wider audience. Yeah, that's actually been my dream. Um, like if I could, if I could look back at nine-year-old Ivine and tell her that I'm doing what I'm doing, she'd be crying. Like she'd be so proud of me. And I, that's, I guess that's, you know, sometimes when I feel like I'm not doing good enough or I'm not doing as good as I could be, or I'm not, you know, out out there doing as much as I could be doing. I, I have to think back on those kinds of things and those meaningful things and go, you know, I'm not, I'm not a famous pop star, but what I'm doing is something that I really love. And it's something that I've always wanted to do because music has always been an obsession for me. You know, when I, when I learned Irish music, it was hugely 
know, traditional Irish music was my life when I was doing it. But when I was a teenager, I loved rock. I loved pop. I loved blues and jazz and um, Latin music and Arabic music and anything that I could get my hands on musically. It was just an obsession for me. So being able to mix it and turn it into kind of my own genre is definitely, it's, it's a huge dream for me. It's surreal that it's, that it's something I'm doing. I'm very proud. Are there other people that make music like yours? Um, I would say yes. There's definitely um, there's a few people. Um, my friend Melinda, uh, she goes on online. She's called Melinda Cat, but she does kind of like Celtic music, and it's like Celtic pop. Um, and I know a few other artists who fuse kind of Celtic with modern. But I, I, every time I meet them, I try to connect with them because I'm like, we should go on tour at some point. Like, if I'm going on tour, I'll have you come with me. Or if you're going on tour, let's collaborate. So I always try to meet if, if I see someone doing something similar. Um, I don't know of, of any harpists that are doing what I'm doing. Um, in fact, the reason uh, the, harp, the harp company that sponsors me, the reason they sponsors me, the reason they sponsor me is because... They really like that I'm kind of pioneering something that mm -hmm. harpists aren't doing. And ever since they've been sponsoring me, um, I've had a lot of young women and a lot of young harpists reach out to me and, you know, want want me to mentor them or want me to, you know, let them know if, if what they're doing is cool or good. Um, so it puts me in a position of kind of like a teacher or a mentor. Um, and I love that. I love teaching music and I love helping young people get somewhere that they want to be. Um, so that's been really cool. You're the leading world expert on harp Celtic electro pop. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, seriously, right? Like, like there's nobody else. Yeah, I like, mean. if you Google it, you maybe, get Iveen or yeah, nobody maybe, else. Yeah, yeah, probably. I love that. That yeah. is so cool. Like, do, do you ever sit for a minute and recognize that what you're doing is unique on the planet? I do sometimes. Um, not all the time. I, like I said, I, I'm, I'm very hard on myself. I critique myself a lot and give myself a hard time all the time. But, you know, luckily I've been going to therapy for a few years and a huge part of therapy and mental health is learning how to actually love yourself and appreciate 
the good things you do without being prideful or mm -hmm. without being egotistical. Like, you know, it's okay to say, you know what, this is, what I'm doing is awesome and cool and I'm allowed to like give myself a tap on the back and say good job because I spent a long time, a big part of my life just beating myself up for nothing. You know, a lot of us do that. So um, I definitely, yeah, I try to spend more time giving myself a pat on the back to say, good job, you're doing good. Just keep keep doing stuff, you know. Uh, so yeah, definitely. And you're making this unique music with this unique perspective. Like right down the road from the Brave Stadium. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that to me is odd, but awesome. I do actually play at the Battery sometimes. Do you um, really? Yeah, so there's a few restaurants and little, you know, because I do, I do original stuff, but I also, I do gigs and I do weddings and I do, you know, I, I do everything because that's what the music industry is. You know, mm. you, you play the big stuff, you play cool original shows, and then I also do cover songs and I put my own spin on them and I do those on a looper pedal and I get the crowd going and people who have never heard my original music, they might get to know my music through my cover songs. So that's something I really enjoy doing as well. So is this your full-time job? It is, yeah. I'm a full-time musician. I have about four to five gigs a week where I just travel all around Atlanta and the Southeast just doing gigs and weddings and private parties and what whatever, you know? It's just the music life. <laughs> Do you have a story you'd like to tell? I don't have many stories. I mean, you know, other than just the cool experiences, like the last few years, I've had some really cool opportunities. Like, you know, we mentioned the Hollywood Music and Media Awards. And then um, before that, I got to play... I got to uh, headline with a friend of mine at Imagine Festival, which is a massive EDM festival. And one of my biggest dreams the year before, one of my goals is I said, I'm gonna be one of the first harpists to ever play at an electronic music festival. And I was like, I'm gonna make that happen. I'm gonna manifest it. And with friends and connections and collaborating with the right people, it ended up happening. And I played the electric harp at an electronic music festival. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I'm the first one to ever do that, but I know I'm definitely one of the first harpists to ever play at an EDM festival. So it was really cool. It's definitely a, a cool story that I can tell people and hopefully I'll continue to do those in the future. Where was that festival? Um, that was up in uh, North Georgia. Um, Is that the one at Kingston Downs? I don't, I don't remember exactly the, the town. But maybe it was. Mm -hmm. I'm really bad with names of towns. It's okay. <laughs> I think that's what I think yeah. that's the one near Rome. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I think it is near I think Rome. It is. It's up. Yeah. It's up north. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This song's called the Rain.
Walk me through first, what is the equipment? Sure, so this here is called Headrush Looper Board. I don't know uh, if you've ever seen like looper pedal artists. Ed Sheeran, I would say, is probably the most famous looper pedal artist. A lot of people don't know that his live shows are like, he loops everything live. Um, so what this does is it records everything as you go. And what I really like about this specific pedal is everything is preset. So I can set the tempo before I start playing and I have a click track which is basically a metronome that gives me the timing of everything that I'm doing because a lot of looper pedals um, are just freestyle and you just have to be have really good rhythm and kind of just loop it perfectly. I don't have the best rhythm, mm -hmm. so having a click track helps a lot. And when you start the loop, 
it actually stops exactly on time for you. So I can start it, I can play, and then it stops, and then I can keep going. I don't, I don't have to manually stop it. Okay, show me something. So, sure. Like, how, how do so you do I'll it? I'll show you exactly how that happens. Let me turn these off real quick. So I'll do some vocals real quick. Okay. I'll show you how that works. So this is the, the Orion vocals. Probably hear the click track. So if you can hear that, um, that that stopped on its own. It stopped on its own, and then it just keeps going and going. And that'll keep going once I'm adding other instruments and stuff. So I can add some drums real quick. So you're basically playing along with yourself. So you pr you probably right? can't hear it. You're, you're, you're basically playing along with yourself. Exactly. So I'm I'm a, a one woman band. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> but if you hear what's going on, um, you can't hear because it it's in the headphones. I, well, I've, I've got the in ear in, yeah. so I can't hear. Oh, you can. It. Okay, yes. awesome. And you probably heard. I didn't stop that. Mm -hmm. It just kept going. I don't have to sit and click everything once. Once I have it going, it knows exactly which time to restart a new loop so I can immediately run to another instrument instead of having to push play or record on another instrument. It just keeps looping for me as long as I have it preset to do that. So you can put down the vocal background yep. and then you put down the drums yep. and then you put down the keyboard. Put down some bass. And yeah. then you can put down the some harp. harp yep. And then you can play along to and all I, of that. Yep. And I can switch parts. So if I want the verses to sound different, I can put in a different type of percussion for the verses, and then I'll play along with that percussion during the verses, and then I'll do, I'll put a different percussion and bass for the chorus, so that when I push start all and put all of them together, the chorus is like massive. Um, so that's that's how I do that. If if you had to guess, how many parts? are there to one of your songs? To one of my songs. Um, so I only really have four tracks to work with, but what I usually do is I'll put multiple things on each track and I'll, I'll split that up as much as I can. So my song Hourglass probably has about eight parts, eight to 10 parts moving and shaking, but those are, those are like two instruments per channel. And then Orion has about six to seven parts moving. Um, and then I can, again, I can switch those up and do, you know, something simple, like just simple percussion for the verses and everything for the choruses. But yeah, it's about six, either six or eight. You're using this tracks. word simple. Yeah. <laughs> like it's easy. <laughs> yeah. This is not easy. This is, there's a lot going on here. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. I guess so. I guess it is. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I guess it's something that's, once you do it, often and you do it a lot um, and I'm also a music producer so I, I produce music and I, I use you know 
digital audio workstations. And technically, this is a digital audio workstation. It's just a smaller version of one. Um, so that's, that's what a lot of producers use, like Pro Tools, to be able to record and mix moving parts for, for audio. Um, with your feet. With your feet, though. Yeah. I'm, not, yeah. I'm not using a keyboard yeah. or a mouse. While um, you're doing other yeah. things. You're playing a harp and yeah. using your feet to <laughs> manipulate a digital yeah, audio yeah. workstation. You know, simple yeah. stuff. Playing a yeah. flute, too. Yeah. And singing. You yeah. know. Yeah. It's easy. Music is clearly my life. Apparently. I. This is my social life. This is my fun. Like, this is what I do. So... <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Peace Jam podcast. Find the complete musical performances for my veen on the GPB YouTube page. On the next episode, you'll meet the music minister from Columbus, Georgia, who is the in-demand rock and roll organist. So uh, I've had the privilege uh, of accompanying uh, Olita Adams. I've had the privilege of accompanying uh, Joe. I've had the, uh, the privilege of accompanying uh, John B. Uh, I've had the privilege of being televised and accompanying Tom Jones uh, for Jules Holland Live. I've had the opportunity to travel with Brittany Howard, to work with Nate Smith, to work uh, with Robert Glasper, and it's just the list goes on, man, but it's been fun. Lloyd Buchanan is on the next episode of the Peach Jam Podcast. The Peach Jam Podcast is produced, edited, and hosted by me, Jeremy Powell. Sandy Malcolm is our executive producer. Sound engineering and recording was provided by Sounds Good. Follow us on Instagram at Peace Jam Podcast and look for Peace Jam on TV wherever you watch Georgia Public Broadcasting. In the meantime, please find and support live local music and independent record stores in your area. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.